Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. KFI AM 640, you're listening to How to Money on demand on the iHeartRadio app. This is How to Money. I'm your host, Joel Larsgaard. This show is all about you saving and investing so you can do more of what matters. Uh, there's so many things in life that matter. Your relationships, uh, what you're doing with your free time, and uh, you, you know you want to think about your money just as much in, as you need to. Hopefully, this show gives you everything you need to know in condensed to a couple of hours every Sunday. Uh, all right, let's get to our money move of the week. Money moving, money moving, money moving. We be money moving. It's time for how to money's money move of the. Okay, this money move is something you should not do, something to avoid, and that is to avoid buying the new Apple Vision Pro for the Ripple price of $3,500. And no, it is not because I don't like fun, and it is not because I'm a Luddite who does not like technology and uh, all of its progresses. I don't want to burn it all down and go back to the day of flip phones or even before, but... Yeah, I mean, the cost is is expensive. It's the cost for a lot of people of a couple of mortgage payments. And it's really for a fun gadget. Uh, and but, but even more than that, even more than that, much more than that, in fact, is the fact that we're going to put these screens on our faces. We already have these screens in our pockets that we're using way too much. Think about putting that screen, the, the, uh, the goggles on your face. And I'll confess to not knowing <laughs> enough about what these things do. I'm sure at some point they'll progress and get pretty cool. But as Brian Merchant said in the LA Times, he said that the reason he didn't like it is that Apple is, is now offering a new way to be alone. And I 100% agree. We're alone enough already. We have become fractured from the people even that we love, much less from our neighbors, from the common bonds, and the societal ties that we've had. And so uh, we're already fractured and lonely enough. Why put these goggles on our face and add to the problems and pay for the privilege to do it? So I would say get out there in nature instead, preferably with a friend. It's cheaper. It's more fulfilling. And of course, yes, there's the money side as well, right? And, and you've heard the phrase, settlers get rich, pioneers get slaughtered. I do think that these headsets are going to make a lot of progress in a little bit amount of time. Think about how small the iterations are with every new iteration of the iPhone. It's like, okay, the 13 to 14 was a minimal jump 
how big of a difference really is there? I mean, is the 15 going to offer anything much different? Guess, oh, guess what? Now you can fold it and the screen's bigger. Oh, that's cool. Let's be honest. There's not been much progress made. There's going to be a lot of progress made on the first few iterations of something like this. And they're going to be cheaper too <laughs> as more competition comes into the market. So so even if your, your interest is peaked and you think this is cool and you like Apple as a company, which I get, they're a great company and they're doing some interesting things, hold out for another year or two. Let these things uh, languish on the store shelves. See what happens with progress. Maybe even buy one used six months from now from someone who got it and doesn't like it. But don't buy the Apple Vision Pro. I hope if someone from Apple's listening, they hate me right now. But that's that's I think that's in your best interest. Okay. By the way, if you have a money question, give me a call at 1-800-520-1534. Scott made that call. Scott, how can I help? Hey, Joel. Appreciate your show and your views. Well, oh, thanks, man. I, thanks for calling in, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm on the cusp of frugal and cheap. And I'm frugal <laughs> but generous with my friends and family, but cheap and stingy with myself. Oh, and, um, that, I, I get that. About, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I have a question about CDs. And I'm, you know, I, I don't make a lot of rent, but I have no debt and I've saved a little nest egg. And I've been opening CDs and wanting a CD for every month that matures. So I have that coming up and i'm oh you're like I'm, you're like creating the ultimate cd ladder i'm trying to yes and i'm i'm learning as i go and i've i've just found out that sort of like i'm moving my money from the brick and mortar banks to an online bank system and uh i'm finding I like that, to hear that yeah so like the brick and mortar banks don't have any interest really in their CDs or savings uh, rates. So yeah. uh, I've been banging that drum for quite a while. I mean, even when you look at the, the the savings rates at all the big banks, they're still the despite how much interest rates have gone up, despite the competition in the market, they're still paying 0.01 percent. Like it, it feels like a slap in the face to customers that stick around. And so I'm glad that you're moving your money elsewhere to the banks that are actually competitive. Well, I don't understand that sort of they're shooting themselves in the foot. I know that they have to pay for their, you know, rental place for the brick and mortar, but people are going to other places where they're getting something for their, you know, their hard-earned work. And uh, See, that's the problem, though, is a lot of people aren't. And it's what's known as inertia bias, right? And if you've been with the big bank on the corner you suffer the monthly fee of $7.95 or $11.95 or whatever it is, and you also suffer the the interest rate that is completely ridiculous and absurd in today's market. So, And, and actually, we've seen with the, the kind of recent banking crisis, more money flowing into those big banks. So it's counterintuitive because, no, they're certainly not competitive with the, the online banks. There's There are a lot of places where you can turn for much, much, much higher yield. But a lot of people aren't doing it. A lot of people aren't taking a page uh, out of your book, Scott, which is is a bummer. Like that's, I'm banging that drum every day because that's what I want. I want all How to Money listeners to be like you. Uh-huh. Well, I'm, I'm learning with the CDs where I, I'm obviously getting a better interest rate with the CDs. But then here's my question is that I get locked into an interest rate as interest rates are going higher and then I realize now I'm not making 
nearly as what I could with interest rates that are now. And if that makes sense. Yeah. So there's yeah. CDs that I could get for six months that are 5% interest, which is much better than 0.04% uh, from other banks. Um, but I'm locked in with other money, and I was just wondering if I should take the penalty to get that money into a higher interest rate so my money works harder for me, but then I'd take a ding and the penalty, if that makes sense. I'd okay. Yep, that's a good question. And so I think there's a couple of thoughts I have for you here, okay? There's, okay. there's one, which is that's the whole point of CD laddering, is you are, and, and, and with them coming due, essentially for you every single month, you're going to pretty quickly get that higher yield because that money is every every time uh, uh, your some of your money comes due in that CD, boom, you're socking it away into a CD now at a higher rate. Uh, and so I think you're doing it the right way and you're kind of hedging your bets by putting money in CDs versus savings account. If you had just left it in a savings account, that one money would be gradually earning more. If you, if you look at kind of like what's been happening with Ally or CIT, some of my favorite banks, they just keep announcing uh, as the Fed announces rate hikes, they announce uh, hikes in savings accounts. So you would have just been following the trend upwards. The, the reason I mentioned CD laddering last week on the show is because it's hard to know, but it, it certainly looks like we might be, at, if, if not at the end, close to the end of Fed, of Fed rate hikes. And so uh, if you're talking about where will rates be a year from now, or 18 months from now, will they be as high as they are today? Again, hard to predict the future, but I would say it's more likely that rates are actually a, a little bit lower next year. And so you're taking the good with the bad. And so yes, some of those uh, CDs, some of those, uh, let's say a six month CD that you, you invested in five months ago, yeah, it might be earning less than one that you're putting in today, but that's the exact reason why you're laddering. But you also might get this, the, the flip benefit of that, which is, you know, uh, months down the road, if rates go down, you're locked in at the higher rate and they have to continue paying that. One other way around this, by the way, and it's important to mention, is there are no penalty CD rates. And so... Uh, companies like Ally in particular have really uh, been great at offering stuff like this. And so it, you can you can put money in a CD and then pull it out with no penalty. And so I, I like that for a whole lot of people who want to try to get that higher rate, but who want to lock it in just in case. But then guess what? Rates go up. Ah, I'm pulling it out. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get paid a higher rate. So those are those are the ways around kind of some of these CD penalties. But again, yeah, you, you lock in some of that downside, but you also lock in potential upside. And so much of it depends on what your plans are for that money. And one last thing, if you're not investing, if you're just doing the CD thing, I want you to be an investor too. All right, coming up, stealth wealth is the best kind of wealth. I'm gonna tell you why and what it is. This is How to Money. I'm Joel Larsgaard. You're listening to How to Money with Joel Larsgaard on demand from KFI AM 640. I'm your host, Joel Larsgaard. Now it's time for the outlandish headline of the week. I may have some news for you. Big news. It's time for How to Money's outlandish headline of the week. It's, of course, too easy these days to pick outlandish headlines on the Internet. It's like shooting fish in a barrel, <laughs> but it's my job. So I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, but yes, there are uh, always offending headlines to me as I scour the Internet for the latest financial news. And the outlandish headline of the week this week comes from Time. And it says, ditching a phone case is the latest symbol of stealth wealth. And then another CNBC story I uh, saw just yesterday. It said, 
quiet luxury is also known as stealth wealth. And it just offends me. It just offends me to think that these people, these headline writers and the journalists themselves writing these pieces are, are equating stealth wealth with just like uh, uh, something that's either kind of borderline stupid or just really expensive. And so the basic premise of this article that uh, from Time was that not having a case on your phone reflects your ability to buy a new one. No problem if you dropped it. Boy, that is true wealth, not having to have a case on your phone. How silly is that? You, sh you drop it, you shatter it, and guess what? You're so rich, it doesn't even matter. So you can have your $1,200 iPhone 14 Plus or whatever it is uh, outside of the case because you got that kind of money in the bank. And I, I get it. These, are, these phones are beautiful, and they're made so nice, and they're being made better and better. And so chances are if you drop it, it's not going to be as impacted as it would have a few generations ago. But I roll with even cheaper phones. I'm a Pixel guy myself. I've got the Pixel 6a right now. And I want to say it was like 300 bucks. Not bad for a phone. But uh, even still, I put, a, I put a case on this. Because that is the cheapest insurance possible. But it just makes me think, I, I guess I just don't like terms getting co-opted. Because uh, I think stealth wealth is such a powerful sort of way of conceptualizing money. And when stealth wealth, when that term gets co-opted when we start to think that actually it's just signaling luxury in a less ostentatious way, in a less showy manner, if that's what we think stealth wealth is, then we're missing out on what stealth wealth truly is and how powerful it can be. And it makes me think of kind of what stealth wealth, in my opinion, is, and the best way to think of it is, uh, it's, it reminds me of the millionaire next door and how Instead of letting your flashiness do the lifting, you let your bank account be like inform, inform you, right? Or make you're letting that be the main driver instead of showing your wealth off. And and the truth is, there's a lot of people who look wealthy who aren't. There's a lot of people who drive much nicer cars than you do in all likelihood, but they don't actually have as much money in the bank. They don't have as much flexibility. They don't have as many options. And so when you, uh, if you went into a school and you held up two pictures to a bunch of kids of a family in a McMansion with, you know, a brand new Kia Telluride or a family with a normal sized house and a Toyota Corolla and you said, hey, who's got more money? Who's richer? Instinctively, you would point to the family who has the McMansion and the fancy new car. But the truth is the opposite. The truth is almost always the opposite. And, you know, The Millionaire Next Door came out, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago now. But it's indicative for what the stealth wealth lifestyle is and really looks like. And so findings in that book showed that millionaires are disproportionately clustered in middle-class and blue-collar neighborhoods, not in the most affluent neighborhoods. They're not living in the fanciest houses out there. Which is, again, it's just counterintuitive to how most of us think about wealth. So wealth is not, no case on your phone. Wealth is the gap that you're able to have between what you bring in and what goes out and what you do with that gap over time. Right? And these, the stealth wealth among us, those people, are less likely to drive Mercedes more likely to drive Mazdas. They're less likely to, they're more likely to have savings and investments 
of significance and less likely to buy luxury goods that make themselves look good, right? They care more about having wealth than flaunting it. That's stealth wealth, in my opinion. And it's the thing that grows over time when you do the right things. When you kind of continue down that road of investing regularly, you know, yes, spending in ways that matter to you, but <laughs> not overdoing it. And so stealth wealth is this powerful tool, not giving into rampant consumerism, being content with less. It allows you to bank more money, ensuring that you reach financial, financial independence sooner. So, uh, yeah, and, and by the way, on, on, on the, the note of a case on your phone, I want you to have a case on your phone. It's the cheapest insurance, like I said. But it's also important to mention that there are credit cards out there who will help you, that will help you get insurance for cheap. So instead of buying the expensive insurance that you could get from the phone maker or maybe from a third-party company, pay your cell phone bill with a credit card that offers cell phone insurance. And there are some of them that offer, that have no annual fee that offer decent insurance on your, on your cell phone. So the Chase Freedom Flex is one option. The, the built BILT credit card, which I've mentioned before, which is great for renters, that has uh, great cell phone insurance attached to it. But um, these, are, these are ways in which you can get that insurance without really having to pay much. Again, going back to the trillion dollars in credit card thing, that's assuming you can handle credit cards properly pay them off on time and in full. But if you can, the, that's another great perk of credit cards. Some of those little, those uh, secondary features that most people don't see, like, like the cell phone insurance, that's a nice one to have. Okay, coming up, mortgage companies that are encouraging folks to put less money down when they purchase a home. You know I'm not going to like that. It, this is not going to save people money. I'll discuss. This is How to Money. I'm Joel Larsgaard. You're listening to How to Money with Joel Larsgaard on demand from KFI AM 640. I'm your host, Joel Larsgaard. And, and let's, uh, last week I, I talked about the downsides of home ownership. I know this is one of the third rails of American life <laughs> that you can't question. Home ownership is always a good thing and it's always a benefit to your finance as well. Not necessarily the case. I made the case for for renting and, and it's it, it's not that uh, I, I made the case too for recency bias, right? That if your home value has taken off like a rocket, if you bought five years ago, if you bought 10 years ago, you have only experienced upside and uh, just try to put it in historical perspective about, well, what are normal returns in the market like and what are normal returns like on the home ownership front? And you're going to do better, shocker, if you invest in the market as opposed to investing in a home. Uh, that is on average. And it's, it's interesting. I'm, I invest in real estate. I think investing in real estate can be a good thing depending on, depending on the environment. But so much depends on the environment. And right now, with interest rates up quite a bit and with values up quite a bit and with rents having gone up but not nearly at the same rate, renting just looks better in 95% of the United States. The gap has grown, right? But uh, it's an even bigger mistake if you're buying a home on a shorter timeline because of the transaction costs involved with buying and selling a home. And that gets compounded for people who aren't able to muster up much of a down payment. And so I get calls from people, uh, I get emails from people, I get tweets from people who wanna buy a house, but they just haven't saved much money. And this to me is 
the toughest spot. I feel bad for these people who want to own a home, but they haven't saved up enough to really make it a meaningful financial move. Cue the mortgage companies, <laughs> two of the big ones, who have decided to lessen down payment requirements. So United Wholesale Mortgage and Rocket Mortgage, both pretty big players in the mortgage uh, market. They're allowing qualifying buyers to, to buy their dream home with only 1% of the sale price in hand. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> just no skin in the game. Uh, and But it's not just that. It's one thing to offer that. It's another thing to market it in a way that makes it sound like this is the best thing since sliced bread. And these programs are being touted as uh, making homeownership more affordable for buyers. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's true that you don't have to bring as much to the closing table, 1% instead of 35 5%, 10%, 20% is ideal in my estimation. So yeah, if you were going to bring 10 and you only have to bring 1% to the table, you're going to be, um, it's going to look, it's going to be great <laughs> for that day to bring such, so, to have to wire so much less to the closing attorney for closing. But that doesn't make the home more affordable. There's no free lunch. Right. And so just because the down payment amount gets lowered, what does that mean? That means more of the cost of the home gets wrapped up into that 30 year mortgage, 15 year mortgage, whatever it is that you get. So that means more of it's financed at a higher interest rate. Your mortgage payments go up. You're paying a whole lot more in interest over the life of the loan. No, just because the down payment requirements relaxed does not mean the home is more affordable. It does mean, however, that probably a lot more people are going to try to buy a home who likely should have saved up longer. And yeah, uh, it's it's something that I don't I don't like to see. Um, I don't like the way it's marketed. It makes people think that, oh, yeah, I guess it is time for me to buy a home then. If I can now only have to bring 1% down to the table, not factoring in all of the other things that come along with it. Speaking of homeownership, Dustin is calling and Dustin wants to chat about his potential buying a home. Dustin, what's going on, man? How are you? Ready? Dustin, you there? Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's going on? You looking to buy a house? Yes, sir. So uh, myself and my wife, we have, um, we have a question for you, uh, Joel. So we're planning, we're thinking of buying a fixer upper uh, in a, rural area and paying cash or uh, financing a home in a more um, in a bigger city and being stuck with a 30-year loan. What are your thoughts? Ooh, so this is kind of uh, just as much of a lifestyle question as it is a, a money question. What like, what kind of life do you want to live? And the rural home, the fixer-upper, yeah, sure, you're talking about even if you buy the home cash, you got to have the money on hand then to to do all the repairs. But And we can talk about the money side of that, but what is it that you want? Do you want to live close to all the hip-hop and stuff, or do you kind of want to be out there um, a little more rural? We want we want to live in a more uh, semi-rural, I should, I should say, what is that, a semi-rural area. Uh, but we don't just want to put all of our money into a home um, yeah. that yeah. we're going to be fixing over a long period of time versus uh, investing it. 
So our, yeah. aim, our aim of the game is to make as much money as possible in the, on the long run and uh, try to figure out if it's a wise thing to just buy the house cash. Okay. Yeah. So it, interestingly enough, there's more homes that are owned in this country uh, free and clear than you would imagine. I think it's something like 40% of the homes in this country are owned free and clear. So you would not be alone in that. There are a lot of people that make that move. The How much would you have left over if you were to buy this home with cash? Would you still have enough of uh, a significant emergency fund on hand? And would you have at least some of the funds that it would take to do some of those immediate repairs that would be necessary? So we have enough to make immediate repairs uh, and enough set aside for an, an emergency. Okay. Uh, but that's all we would have. Okay. Um, I think, you know, the other thing you could do, Dustin, is you could take out a mortgage and you would have, you know, more money to, to put towards some of those repairs initially. Um, but, and, and I guess, would you, let's say you paid for it in cash, you're putting money in repairs. Would you also have the money to con continue to invest on a regular basis? No. And that, that was why we wanted to find out what your opinion was. We wouldn't have any money to invest uh, for a few years. Okay. You would be kind of sort of house poor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No mortgage payment, but uh, you got the fixer up on your hands. And so every additional dollar is going to have to go into to fixing it up, right? Exactly. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So, this, I mean, this is a tough question. And, you know, if, I think if, if rates were where they were two years ago, I would, I would definitely say take out, take out the mortgage. It's my exact reasoning to why I tell people uh, not to pay off a mortgage, right? If they have a locked in 3% rate, I would rather see them keep that money in savings. But there is a lot of power in liquidity as well and continuing to invest in tax advantaged accounts. And so even with rates uh, being where they are, I would say being able to put 20% down, continuing to invest, and uh, then having more money on hand also to be able to make repairs sooner to the home, that might improve quality of life and maybe you're kind of taking that happy medium approach right where you do have more skin in the game than when i was just talking about those one percent down which i think is <laughs> the worst possible thing for so many people so maybe mm -hmm. maybe you put 20 percent down and you get the best terms and you get no pmi and you shop around for the best mortgage rate which by the way that's something a lot of people don't do shop with at least three lenders to see what sort of rates and terms you can get compare those apples to apples quotes but Maybe that's the best thing for you to do is is the 20% down. You've still got a bunch of cash to do stuff with, but you're also investing at the same time. And then over time, you can prioritize paying down because you're going to have a higher rate because you're probably going to be in the six and a half range or something like that to, to prioritize paying it down more quickly because that's kind of the spot where things start to change for me and when I want to see people starting to pay off debt more quickly. Does that make sense? That does make a lot of sense. Absolutely. And then you're not stuck in some sort of house poor situation, right? And you're living in a house maybe that uh, becomes Tom Hanks money pit or whatever. What was that? What was that movie he was in? I don't even remember. Like uh, it, it becomes it, it, maybe it was money pit. So it, I don't want you to be in that situation where you don't have enough money to do the things that, that you need to do to the house. But I also don't want you to be completely unable to invest. And so I think that happy medium could, could make the most sense. Okay, coming up on the show, 
haggling is still a thing and it really could save you money on purchases you make. I'll share some data and some tactic tactics with you next. This is How to Money. You're listening to How to Money with Joel Larsgaard on demand from KFI AM 640. And yes, coming up next is macro. Stay tuned for Jason. He's going to talk about what's going on in the labor market. Are things better for workers now? And how can you use AI to your advantage? There's a lot of uh, doom and gloom about AI. And, you know, in some ways I get it, but there's also, I think, going to be a lot of positive benefits of the resurgence of AI. I'm curious to hear what Jason says about how it impacts you as you're searching for, for work. All right. I want to talk about... Uh, haggling for a second and just because i'm kind of against extreme frugality doesn't mean i'm against frugality and it doesn't mean i'm against getting a discount and it i'm also highly in favor of asking for a discount more often i was literally at a flea market yesterday and half of the fun of going to a flea market yes it's the one-of-a-kind stuff and you know things you couldn't buy elsewhere and it's not you know, some of the stuff is in, in vintage and just really, really cool to see the craftsmanship on things that are 100 years old, 80 years old. They're pins from presidential races in the 1970s and 80s, like really neat stuff like that. But the other fun part of going to like a flea market is being able to haggle and ask for a better price. And I love it because it's almost expected there, right? And in fact, it is like they almost know that it's coming. <laughs> and like I was, I bought a purse for my wife and I, she was not there. So don't tell her it's going to be a secret. But uh, so I bought this purse for her and I could tell the lady was like, okay, you're interested. The price tag says 150. I can go 95. Boom. She's already going there. And I'm like, all right, do I ask her more than this? And so that's half the fun of going to a flea market for me. Other people might find that to be their own personal hell. But for me, I, I love it. I think it's great. It's I still remember being at some of those markets in Shanghai like a decade ago. Gosh, maybe this was like 15 years ago. Time flies when you're getting old. But And and just haggling for uh, the, the smallest things because it's expected there. It's part of the culture. And here, not so much. In a flea market setting, a little bit more. But I think haggling is one of those tools you can add to your financial tool belt and you can actually probably learn to enjoy it. And the thing is, it can save you a lot of money. There was a recent Consumer Reports article and they ran some numbers with Consumer Reports subscribers and they found pretty overwhelmingly that haggling works and that haggling works more than people think it does. And so 23% uh, of consumer, only 23%, just less than a quarter of Consumer Reports readers asked for a discount when buying, specifically when buying a mattress. But 60% of the people who asked for the discount ended up getting one. So very few people ask, but the majority of people who ask end up getting it. And I thought this was the most interesting thing was, well, not that one of the most interesting things was that the savings were huge, $245 on average. So the 70 7% of people didn't ask for a discount. They miss out on the possibility of saving 250 bucks. The 23% of people that ask, there's a good chance they got a meaningful reduction in price. I think one of the other most interesting, interesting things was not just how much they saved, but that most people, in fact, more people saved when they negotiated buying something online. And so we've, we kind of think, and at least I think, this was kind of shocking to me because I think of haggling and negotiating as an in-person thing. 
But this article and these results led me to believe, wait a second. No, you can do this online. You can do this via the chat button on the website of the retailer that you're looking at. Or you can send them an email. Say, hey, do you have any uh, coupon codes I'm unaware of? Or do you have an upcoming sale? Like those are ways that you can approach the conversation of getting a better price. It doesn't have to be this face-to-face uh, stare down, stone-faced with your opponent. And in fact, treating someone who's selling you something and you're trying to get a discount as your opponent is the complete wrong way to go about it. You're looking for this mutually beneficial thing where they get to sell you what they want to get rid of and you're able to buy it and you're both happy. One of the things I bought at the flea market was I love like brass animals and stuff like that. And there were these brass duck bookends and I was able to get like uh, three different things of the, these brass, awesome old school brass figures. The sticker price was a hundred bucks. He sold it to me for 40 and he basically was like, listen, I do not want to lug these, this stuff back to my car. It's going to rain soon. And if I don't sell all this stuff, like I'm going to, he was just giving me this story about how he just wanted to sell it and he wanted to be rid of it. I will give you a massive discount is what he told me. And so, I mean, you just have to lean into that say, okay, great. I, I want, I want this stuff. How, you know, how much can I get it for and, and start that conversation? But the most of us, we see the sticker price. We assume that's what it, what it's going to cost and we put it back down. And me being a valuist, so much of it comes down to not just the the item, it's the price of the item, right? That purse for my wife, maybe it's not worth it at 150 bucks, but it is at 95. I picked it up. I saw 150. I was like, probably not going to pay this. But then when the price comes down, I really like the piece. It's cool. I think she's going to love it, but I want to get it at the right price, right? And we all do. And so um, haggling, it, it turns out, works more than you thought. Asking for a discount is a good way to go. It's going to save you money. And of course, be willing to walk away if you don't get the deal you're looking for. That's part of the fun of it too. Just say, okay, cool. No, not, not right now. Maybe they call, out, call after you and they give you the price you want, but maybe they don't. And maybe you go on about your merry day and that's okay. All right. Speaking of discounts, I wanted to tell you about a company I found out about this week. I had not heard of this uh, company offering cell phone service for free. No, no haggling necessary. Uh, I'm all about the MVNO companies. I've talked about them before. They've made, you know, monthly service a lot cheaper. I personally have Mint Mobile, 15 bucks a month for uh, unlimited talk and text and five gigs of data. Um, and you can get a lot more, 15 gigs, I want to say, for 20 bucks a month, it's a pretty good deal. Uh, if you're with one of the big cell phone companies, you're paying too much, probably. But Text Now is this interesting company. We'll link to it in the show notes. But they are, they'll send you a SIM card for five bucks and you'll get unlimited talk and text, no data, but you'll get unlimited talk and text. So if that's all you need, if you're on Wi Fi all the time, let's say, or you're just trying to get something for your kids so they can call you or text you, this is great. It's called Text Now. So yeah, they, they offer plans with data, but it gets really expensive. So I'd say if you need data, Mint Mobile is a better go. But if you just need unlimited talk and text, think about it. It's, it's basically free now. You got to put up with some what they call unobtrusive ads. I haven't tested it, so I don't know how bad the ads are, but I want to test this. So maybe I will and I'll report back. But if, uh, yeah, I love that this exists and it's amazing the amount and the number and the range of free things you can get because of advertising. I know it's not always everyone's favorite, but think about all the free stuff we get 
um, including free cell phone service now. If you're just willing to watch a few ads or the discounts you're able to get for watching a few ads. It's pretty cool. All right. Don't forget to stick around for Macro with Jason Middleton. Coming up next, he's going to talk about AI and job finding. It's going to be interesting. I'll see you back here next week for more money-saving information. I'm Joel Larsgaard. This is How to Money on KFI AM640. You've been listening to How to Money with Joel Larsgaard. You can always hear us live on KFI AM640, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. on Sunday and anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.